you know, me and a buddy of mine have a have a saying where we'll just go back to the trunk and get more money. It's just that <laughs> that mentality where you you know it's just go hustle harder. You know, go get another job. Go make that hurt. Don't work this week or don't go out this weekend. Go go work and finish that job to get that check. And um, so you know, it's it's different. It's it's something that. <clears throat> it's taken a while to learn, you know, the, the saving and the, and the, you know, just being there and, and, and never be poor again mentality. Right. Um, I think we all, we've all grew up that way. You're, I know you got a similar story and we just don't want to ever be put back into that situation. And, you know, it, it takes time, but you know, if you have the discipline, you can, you can do it. Ryan Contos is not a client of Payne Boyer or Holmes Financial Birth and Fisher and Company. Welcome to the Millennials and Money Podcast, a podcast dedicated to help millennials to make wise decisions with their money. We find some of the best ways to learn is through stories. So each week, your host and investment advisor representative, Payne Boyer, invites a millennial guest on the show to share their money story. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Hey, what's going on, y'all? And welcome to another exciting episode of the Millennials and Money Podcast. I'm your host, as always, financial professional with Holmes Financial, Peyton Boyer. And I got another exciting guest with me today. I got my good friend from, man, over 20 years. My good friend here, Ryan Contos, owner of Contos Builds. Ryan, say what's up. Say what's going on. What's going on? <clears throat> so, so, Ryan, I'm going to give you a chance here to introduce yourself. But I always like to start this show off by sharing how I, how I personally know each guest. So, Ryan, man, me and you go way back. We go way back. We yeah. met in fourth grade. I think you came to our school in fourth grade, right? I did. I did. Foster City School. Foster City School with old Miss Gilchrist. That's right. Yes, one of sir. The one of the best teachers we ever had. One of the best to ever do it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, I'm glad to have you. We've been tight ever since. I moved to Sacramento a few years after. You stayed out there in the Bay. We are, we kind of touched base here and then from over the, over the past 20 some odd years, but we always stayed tight. Whenever we get together, it's like we never missed a beat. Um, I'm glad to hear you're on your own construction company. Why don't you kind of share about who you are, a little bit what you do, and then we'll get into your, to your story. Uh, so my name is Ryan Contos. And uh, yeah, so I started a construction company in 2014. And I just never liked working for people. So I always knew that I was making them too much money and I like my financial freedom. So there was only one option for me and that's, uh, that's what we did. That's cool, man. I'm glad that we're going to get more into that story, but you know, this, this money is all about people's money story and their relationship with money. And I find a lot of times those relationships, the foundation of that relationship with money gets put in place at a young age at childhood. So why don't we go back? What was money like for you and your household growing up? I know it was just you, you, your brother, and your pops growing up. What was what was it like in your household? Uh, yeah. So growing up, I didn't. I don't think I ever knew that I was poor. But looking back, <laughs> you know, I think we all we all had that struggle. Uh, single dad who was working, you know, seven eight o'clock at night. Sometimes out, he owned a gas station. So you know, when people would call him sick, guess who had to go? And uh, you know, me and my brother learned uh, early on that we had to fend for ourselves and and uh just kind of figure it out so our house happened to be the house that everybody wanted to go to because there was never a parent home so, 
but he always knew it was a good it was a good uh a good thing to learn at a young age and i don't i don't i wouldn't cha- i wouldn't change it yeah so you got that kind of business you know i didn't realize your dad owned that gas station because you said it right now it was the shell it was the shell that was on that yep. corner huh yeah, Holly and El Camino. My grandfather owned it before him, and uh, my dad bought it off him, retired him, and he ended up starting another business while he was there, um, a propane delivery service that um, has just taken off, and he sold since sold the gas station. I was unfortunate to not uh, reap the benefits of a gas station. He sold it right before I got my license, so <laughs> I never got free gas. <laughs> <laughs> So I, think he desi- about- I think he de- I think he designed that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wanted you to keep working, man. He didn't want to make it too easy for you. No. So let's kind of fast forward a bit. Let's talk about um some of your, you know, you you had that business owner mentality from a young age because it's what you saw your dad do. Let's talk about some of your first relationships with money, some of your first experiences. Uh, when you, I, I don't even know if you went to school after high school. I don't know what, what, what happened for you after high school? What did you do? Uh, so yeah, I was always trying to make money. I, you know, sell sodas out of a backpack in high school. And, uh, before that I used to go to the, this golf course and, uh, get balls out of this uh, lake and sell those. And, and, uh, so I always just had that, that mentality and come up with ideas and work with friends, friends, families, and just always hustle. I never was into drinking or drugs. And, um, and so for me, it was just, I saw my dad work and that's where I got my work ethic from. And, um, you know, it was out of high school. I went straight into, uh, installing football fields and was running crews, uh, multiple crews of seven to 10 per crew and traveling around doing that for years and just realized that there was no growth for me personally there or not enough growth making good money, you know, come straight out of high school, making 75 bucks an hour. You, you can't really, you can't beat that. But, um, you know, for me, it was just, I had to do something else. So I, I used that as kind of a, a learning curve and, and how to manage men. And, you know, at 18, managing 50-year-olds, they don't they don't take kindly to that. So I had to learn quickly how to, you know, I've always been a personable person, but, you know, I just had to figure out a way to, to relate to them and and uh, get them to, to work for me. So, so that was a, a huge huge blessing for me to be able to get thrown into that role and and uh grab it and and run with it so that was the the beginning of of my managing career i would say and then from there i started a, a company with well, well hold, hold, let's yeah. let's stop there because you said some things I, a few things i want to touch on there you know um first of all um it's just like you kind of talked about the alternative route, you know, from not going to college out of high school, but straight hustling, getting out there and getting it and grinding, like to make it happen. There's a, there's routes to success. You know what I mean? So I'm glad that you shared that because a lot of our younger listeners might feel like they missed the boat because they didn't go to school. You know, they might've missed that tech boom and not be able to get into tech, but there's other ways to get out there and grind and make it happen. So I'm glad you shared that. Uh, let's talk about, Making $75 an hour. I know that was big coming fresh out of high school and no real responsibilities. What was that like? What was money like? Was it coming in and out? Were you managing it? What were your experiences like there? Uh, yeah, I was managing it straight out the door. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there was no, uh, 
of money just it, it just it came and it came and it came and it it went faster than it came but um it was you know i was i've, I've always had a passion for fishing so i kind of did things backwards and and bought a truck a brand new truck uh when i was shit i think my first one was 21 20 or 21 um and then traded that in six months later for a big diesel and then six months later bought a boat <laughs> and and uh started fishing and spending a lot of money doing tournaments and whatnot and you know i hindsight looking back should have bought a house but you know we we ended up getting one and uh, there'll be more to come but uh you know i i wouldn't change it you know it's it's kind of a it's for me it's, it's what makes me tick and i'm not i'm not your textbook uh uh financial you know savings and i got I've got an unorthodox way of doing things that people may look at you like you're crazy, but uh, there's different ways to do it. And, and that's why I love this podcast is because you get to hear different people's stories and not everybody's got to be different. You know, you, there's no right way to do it. That's right. There's no one size fits all. There's no right way. There's many different routes to success, man. And I like that you shared that, you know, the grind, the up and down, making money. You're young, man, making a lot of money. It's very few people who come straight out of high school who know how to manage earning $75 an hour, knowing that they got that another check coming next week, just the same. They're blowing it. But it's nice to, to not kind of learn those lessons when you're young and we don't have many responsibilities. Another thing you said that I want to make sure I touch on, because I hear a lot of my uh, guests on this show come out of the military, they kind of get the same experience, but a little different. So, you know, a lot of the younger guys in the military – these guys will do four years in the military. They'll be 23 years old, 24 years old, but they're managing a team of young kids a lot younger than them. So they're in a management role, which most people don't get into a management role in the as civilians until they're up into their higher, upper 30s or 40s. And then that, at that point, that's when they're managing people. These guys in the military, they're managing people, but they're managing kids. You were a kid managing adults. So what was that like working through that balance? How was that? Uh, yeah, so... I've been a, a pretty easygoing guy and, and I always give people the benefit of the doubt. And, uh, you know, it was, we had our rocky, our rocky start, but at the end of the day, you know, when, when someone puts you in charge, you got to step up to the plate or people are going to run, run all over you. So I'm not going to say it was easy. I definitely had to get in some people's asses, excuse my language, but you know, I had, I had some old timers that would just, uh, you know, try to push back and I would just have to basically check them and say, Hey, you know, you want it, come get it. And they couldn't. So, um, you know, I always left it open to them and, and let them kind of, I would never let them not succeed, but I'd give them, Hey, the only thing I got is a tape measure and some plans go for it. What, you know, it's my brain that's, that's doing all this. And, uh, you know, for me, it was, it was, there was times where it was tough and, but you know, I don't, I don't like to lose. So, you know, we had, I've always had that mentality and everything I've ever touched. I don't, I won't lose. So, um, I've, I put that towards that and, and, uh, you know, was able to, to succeed at that. And, and I always let my quality show for itself. And I think that's, what's carried me in my construction career and, and with everything in life, it's always, you know, quality, not quantity and, and let that, let people, let your work show for itself. And, and and people will come. Hey, that's the truth, man. You do good work. You do good enough good work for enough good people. The word is going to get out there. People are going to see, you know what? 
I pay, um, people will pay for quality. People will pay yeah. for the, the the right people. You know, you're not going to serve everybody, but you don't want, I can tell you from my person, I don't want to serve everybody. No. I want to serve can't. who I'm best fit for, who value my services and who are really going to put my plans to work. And I hear it's the same for you, man. And, and who appreciates it. You know, there's, there's that. I don't, you know, I like grateful people and, and I, you know, I've found in my, I've got a little niche where I work. I'm, I work on the peninsula and, uh, there's a lot of money here and, yeah. and, and I don't like working for the, the, the rich of the rich. They're, they're pretentious. They've, they, they don't look at you as a human. They look at you as, as a paycheck and, you know, just get this done. And, and I don't, I don't like that. I've never been that way. I value people's time. And so I, uh, I found a little niche and, and we're on that and, and it's been, it's been great. And, uh, I couldn't be happier or more blessed that this is where I'm at and, and even through all these trying times in COVID, I was blessed enough to not take the PPP loan. I I figured out a way to uh, bounce around, and and you know they were trying to kick people off jobs, so I would go two days here, one day there, and I just let the inspectors chase me around, and they they never did they never did get me. So <laughs> we, we we didn't stop working throughout COVID, and uh, you know it was I know a lot of contractors who got shut down on big jobs and. And they hurt, they, you know, they started selling stuff. They, they, they lost stuff and they just looked at, I kept getting the questions. How are you doing it? And I never stopped buying stuff throughout COVID as well. You know, I, I picked up a, a new boat and a car and another two cars and they're just looking at me like I was crazy, but here we are. <laughs> hey, it's that hustle, man. You, yeah, you still on the run, man. The Sundance kid. <laughs> that's, that's it, you know, and, and, it's one of those things I, I learned that from an early age from my dad. You know, he he was that way. He had uh, he had cancer when he was or when we were sophomores in high school, and he still owned the gas station. Started that new business, had open heart surgery, chemo, and he was back to work a few weeks after open heart surgery, taking a two and a half pound tumor out of his chest. So, seeing that as a young kid, I just went. There's, I mean. If you're going to give up over something small, you, you, your dad's going to be disappointed. <laughs> hey, that's that That's that straight hustle. You don't got no excuse. Well, dad, I had a bad day. Fool, I just had my chest ripped open. <laughs> that's it, you know? And uh, so seeing that and just seeing how much, you know, my dad's endured over the years. He's since had two more, got remarried, two more kids. And, uh, you know, he's, you know, there's, so many things that I look up to my dad for. And there's so many things that I would, I do differently that, that people that he questions me and tells me, oh, damn it, son, you're never going to listen, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I just, I look at that and I, I just, I can't be more blessed of where I'm at and what I'm doing. And, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, here we are. Yeah, it's well, a blessing, man, to have a role model, someone who walks it and not just talks it, who you see persevere through things that make your life look easy, man. So shout yeah. out to your dad, man, for that, for paving the way for you. So before we talk about what you're doing now and how you got into your own business ship and how you're serving that niche, let's talk about how, how did you get that job to be managing these veterans, like, at a young age? What made, How did you get that position? I remember you came up in Sacramento. I think you built... um the football field at Burbank high school, I think. Yeah. I mean, we traveled around the West coast. I mean, I was, we did, 
Natomas, Endercombe, Elk Grove, and you know all those schools up Grant, all all those schools up in that area. Um, Bay Area, we did Aragon, Hillsdale, Palo Alto, Woodside. Some fields we did twice. You know, after they were, you know, they got like a little lifespan on them, so we got we got to redo them. Um, and I, you know, they they were. Uh, I was fortunate enough to do my alma mater, Aragon. Oh, there you uh, go. <laughs> yep, and uh, and Hillsdale at the same time, our rival. So you know, that was a good time. But I, going back to your question, I was my mom lived up in uh, Lake of the Pines, and and her husband at the time. Um, we're friends with this with the owner of a turf company and i met him and so he's like hey you want a job so summer going into senior year i worked for the summer and uh and then when i came out of high school i i jumped back in it and that after a couple of fields there i was thrown into a manager role there was only you know we were still trying to figure it out we they used to take us a month a month and a half to install a football field and I was able to get it down to uh, about seven or eight days if we were just moving. So, you know, we, that, you know, that was kind of, I was never the fastest, but we didn't go back and fix my fields either. So I think that was, um, and I still get calls to this day and I haven't worked in the turf industry and on that scale for shit, 10 years. um, I still get calls from people asking if I can come. So, or this, you know, just come consult and, and I, uh, there's not enough money to get me back into that industry <laughs> <laughs> and take me away from, from what I'm doing. So, um, you know, I turn all that stuff down, but uh, they, they still call, you know, I've had the same phone number since high school. So, you know, once it's out there, they, they be harassing you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's good work, man. That's quality. You know, you know, you said you were brought in above guys who will be doing a lot longer than you, but when you do the job, right. You're doing the right amount of time. You, you value people's time. You got to value yeah. your employer's time. You got to value your client's time. And when they see that, it gets noticed. You, you can't, you can't, you can't hide it. And then um, let's talk about what you're doing now. How you got into your own bit. Talk about what you do for a living first and then share with us how you transitioned from the turf industry to doing what you're doing now. So I'm a general contractor now. So we do kitchens, baths, additions, remodel. I mean, we'll do whole houses. Um, but and we do landscapes and got a couple tractors and trucks out on the road. And um, so I've always just been in the construction kind of in industry, even growing up as a kid. And I knew, you know, from a young age, uh, back to Miss Gilchrist's uh, uh, fourth grade class, back then I said I wouldn't go to college. And so my whole middle school, high school career, when it was career day, I was like, do I even got to go to school today? <laughs> There's no, I'm not going to college. So, you know, we're not, uh, I know what I'm going to be doing, you know, later on in life. And, and it, and it did, it, it fell into place. And and I went and got my uh, contractor's license and started a business and, you know, and just figured it out. Um, didn't have anybody to, to teach me the business side of it. Um, didn't, didn't have, you know, my dad, he ran his business, but I never, you know, it was, it just came natural, natural for me. And, and I've done things wrong. I've done things right. And you learn from them and you just, you know, for me going into construction, um, money is such an, an influx and 
the cash flow is the biggest thing for me, you know, as a contractor, because one day you'll, you'll get handed a hundred thousand dollar check and you'll have that sitting in your account and you pay bills and you got 10 grand in your account. And it's just, so the highs and lows of that are something a lot of people don't get to, to see, um, throughout their career they're you know a lot of people are salary or they know they're week to week so budgeting for them is a lot easier um you know and and i've done things where i go they probably shouldn't have done that but you know you just work through it and you you know me and a buddy of mine have a have a saying where we'll just go back to the trunk and get more money it's just that (laughs) that mentality where you you know it's just go hustle harder you know go get another job go make that hurt don't work this week or don't go out this weekend, go, go work and finish that job to get that check. And, um, so, you know, it's, it's different. It's, it's something that it's taken a while to learn, you know, the, the saving and the, and the, you know, just being there and, and, and never be poor again mentality. Right. Um, I think we all, we've all grew up that way. You're, I know you got a similar story and we just don't want to ever be put back into that situation. And, you know, it, it takes time, but, you know, if you have the discipline, you can, you can do it. Yeah. And you said a lot there, you know, especially as an owner, when you own the construction company, I got my, one of my closest friends, he's another general contractor. He said the same thing, like you get big checks, but then you have to pay equipment, pay everybody. It's like that check dwindles a lot, you know, and you, you got people who are relying on you at that point. When you're a contractor, you got subs out there. You got. You might have your own your own team members who are relying on you to earn that money. So, what's it like having that responsibility for? It's not. It's not just you now. Now people are depending on you to get those jobs to make sure they get paid. What's that like? Yeah. So that's that's the. So I don't really get to, and I and I don't like it, but I don't really get to put my bags on anymore and go actually swing a hammer. Um, if I do, the business side and the and the job side suffer from that. Um, I do all the tractor work and whatnot, but that's, you know, a few weeks out of the year, you know, a couple of days here or there, but it's something that I take very personally when for my guys, they're like family to me um, and my subs, you know, I, I make sure that they're paid before I eat. And there's times where my paychecks will sit on the desk, you know, in the past that are just that they'll stack up two, three, four paychecks. Cause I know I'm waiting on a check but I know I need everybody else to be paid. So I can't cash these yet. Um, it's something that I took that as a learning experience of, I don't ever want my paycheck sitting on the, on the desk, you know? And so that mentality is just go out and get more work. The only, obviously your bills and everything are too much right now. So if you can't cash your check, you better go get more work. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's different avenues of income as well. You know, don't, I don't try to put all my eggs into just one part of construction. Um, there's that's why I do landscapes and um, tractor work, and you know I've got and as uh, as far as you know as, as well as all the construction that goes on. But you know I just pick up anything that I can. I still do residential turf, and and it's something that don't put all your eggs into one basket. And even in this industry, some things slow down, you know, landscapes slow down in the winter. Um, every big, every time I start a big job, I get nervous because it takes six to eight months to a year to get another project going. If someone calls me today, 
you know, by the time they get plans drawn up and permits and especially with COVID, you know, that slowed a lot of things down. So it's, it's always a nerve wracking thing when I start a big job, you know, um, cause I'm looking for the next one six to eight months out. And so, I, so, you know, it's just a, it's been, it's a, it's something that you just got to manage and you, you can't lose, you know, the faith that it's always going to be there. Something's going to come, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you, um, we said a few things I want to touch on, you know, I thought I wanted to start with diversification and we're going to get there because diversification is important. You know, it's financial planning is literally what I do yeah. for my clients diversify within asset classes, but you're diversifying within jobs. So we're going to talk about that and how, how you made that decision. But first I want to, um, Talk about the pipeline like that, that, and that feeling of, okay, I'm working on, a, I have the same thing. I'm working on a big case. I have a large client who has a million or so to invest. Like this is going to be good. I'm going to get taken care of for a long time. But then you think instantly you can't help but fight. When's the next one going to come? Yeah. When, where's the next one? And it comes down, at least for me, is relying on the God I serve, man. I know who I serve. And it's like, well, he's the God of more than enough because a lot of times that little fear will come into me like, wait a second, where's the next? And I, and I haven't hit this one yet. I'm still thinking, oh, shoot, where's the next one going to come after this? And um, it's important to have that kind of faith and know that God does provide, man, and put that work in. It's 100% true, and it's something that I've always <clears throat> believed in and, and put faith in that, that, you know, as long as we do right by people and, and treat people right, um, the work will come and it's, it's proving that over and over and over again, that it's, it's almost like, when's it going to stop? You know, like when, at this point, it's like, when is it not going to happen? And, um, well, I don't want it to, don't get me wrong, but you know <laughs> what I'm saying? It's just, you know, you just, you just think about it and go, wow. Once again, every time it happens, as soon as you get stressed, something happens, you know, um, and I got different, you know, well, I'm sure we'll get into different savings accounts and, and different ways of where we put our money. And, and again, uh, mine's not the most orthodox uh, uh, way, but, you know, it works for me and, and, and I see it and, and it works. So, but we'll, we'll touch that later, I'm sure. So we'll, we'll save that one. <laughs> so tell me how you, um, how you realize, you know, I got to diversify. I can't just be doing one type of construction. I got to diversify the different ways to get it. When that come about and where'd you start? Um, so it's, so again, it, it comes down to cash flow, you know, for on big jobs, there's, there's a month or, or two before the next check, because a lot of times it's from phase to phase or progress, you know, you know, getting from demo to foundation. Um, like I just, I just started a job last week and demoed it so i'll get a check for that but now before we pour it's probably going to be a month and a half and so i got to fund a lot of that until i get to the next stage because i don't like i don't want to be one of those contractors that has that oh man he's back for money oh you know and and what i say and what the terms that we set up in the beginning i like to stick to that um and so for me it's, it's more personal and that's where i've had to diversify and go get little one week jobs or two day jobs or, you know, because I know there's a check there and there's, and I can push and get it done and, and keep things going. And it, it's just all cash flow. You know, there's, there's a lot of money out there 
at times where I'm funding stuff that you just got to wait. And I know it's there and it's coming, but that doesn't help the situation at hand when you got bills to pay and you got people that need to eat. So that's what's pushed that. And it's just, it all comes back to cash flow at, at that point. Yeah. For me, I'm hearing like time horizon. I always talk, you know, everyone talks about diversifying assets and that different asset classes, but it's also on time horizon. Like when do you need this money? Yeah. Okay. You got some time. Let's invest aggressively, but you need this money yeah. in the next six months or two years. We're going to be a yeah. little more conservative. And that's where those little jobs come in. First, those bigger jobs that might take longer to pay out more, but you have some needs in between. So I'm glad you're doing that, man. Look, you're a regular financial planner, man. <laughs> <laughs> you better watch out. I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you mentioned it um, before I, I talk about what you do with your money and what it's like being you. I just wanted to um, talk about, you said you're in the peninsula, you serve a specific needs. Talk about who your niche is and how you began to connect with that niche and what it's done for you. So I work, if you're familiar with the Bay Area, I work uh, basically from Woodside Road to 92. So Redwood City, Wood, you know, Redwood City, Woodside up to, to Hillsboro, basically. And I work a lot on these, uh, they're more modern homes called Eichlers. And a lot of contractors don't like to work on those. And so I found a little niche there and there's, there's a, uh, only a few contractors up in this one area in the Highlands that I work in. I gotta, gotta stop you right there. I always always tell people, listen, you want to be the smartest person in the room. All you gotta do is know about one thing that no one else knows about. That's it. (laughs) No one wants to do what you, I forgot what kind of construction says you do, but no one likes to work on those. If you're the only guy that does it, Hey, you're the instantly the best. (laughs) And, and I'm a very, you know, I like to design and help clients. So I got that little niche going, um, as well. Um, and you know no, no one likes the Eichlers. there's no attic there's no there's no crawl space so people get scared i mean i go to lumber yards all the time and people are i work around this damn Eichler and i hate them and i'm like well send them my way I'll take care of it. Yeah. you know um so that's that's been a, a good niche for me um and again it's just like you said you know honing on your craft and what you do and and it'll take off um and and that's kind of what I've done in that area is, is get to that point where my signs, I always have a job going in this one neighborhood. And I've had one going for the last, since, since I started in 14, I used to, I bounced from house to house to house for three years straight, just climbing through this place and said, I never want to leave. <laughs> and we, I think we kind of serve the same type of client. Like I don't like to serve the super wealthy either. I like to serve that middle They've done a good job with their money. They've done a good job upper middle class market. So yeah. what have you done to kind of connect with those, with those clients other than doing good work, but being authentically you, like what have you done? Um, so I've always had the mentality that, you know, get me in front of somebody. I don't like texting. I don't like phone calls. When I, when I get a phone call from somebody and they want numbers, I say, I can't do that. Let me, why don't I come out and see the project and then we can talk. Cause I don't want to give you the wrong numbers. And I don't want, cause I'll, you know, I'm going to scare you away, but let me get, you know, if I want the job, I'm going to get it. I have that mentality. Um, and sure. Have I lost a couple that, that I didn't want or that I really wanted? Yeah. But I've had that mentality. If I want this job, I'm going to get it, whatever it takes. And, and with that, you know, sometimes your margins got to go down a little bit and, um, but you know, you, you just got to, 
push through. And again, I like the clients. I like that relationship. I, I like driving through the neighborhood and them waving at me when I, you know, when I'm driving through, I, I know other contractors that don't like, you know, they don't get that because they piss people off. They, they false promises. Um, and that's the, the contractor mentality in people's eyes. You know, they're like mechanics. Oh, he's just trying to rip me off. Oh, he's just trying to rip me off. Um, and I don't, I, I'm trying to change that for, you know, for, for, just for me, I think, um, I don't like that mentality. And that's what I do for a living. You know what I mean? I don't want to be seen as a slime ball and, and I'm very, I don't like contracts either. I want to shake your hand and say, this is what, this is what we agreed to. This is what we're going to do. So, um, I've, you know, I, that's old school. Um, that's how my dad was. That's how my grandfather was. I, I still hear stories of my grandfather. You know, if I'll run into people, they hear my last name and they'll tell me a story about my grandfather and, and it, it just rings true that, you know, there, you could you can be a good person and people will remember that, you know, that's 50 year old story that this guy felt that he needed to tell me about my grandfather. And that, you know, to me, that I take a lot of pride in that, that our last name is, is something around this town, you know? Um, and so I just, you know, I just live kind of on those terms with myself. Um, I'm just, I don't know. I've been burned in life and all on jobs and I walk away with, uh, you know, all right, well, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel, but that's not how it went down. And they don't get to tell that story. Right. They will never will. So that's, uh, that's kind of where that's at. digressing a little bit, I think, but man, it's all good. <laughs> I got a hey, Zach. Make sure we edit that. No, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking, man. Hey, I'm glad you shared that. And it just goes like two things, you know, how far a good name goes as far as doing the right thing in the community. And even your grandfather had brought that good name. And also the responsibility that comes along with having a good name. Yeah. So like this is something your grandfather started, your dad had carried out and passed the baton. You can't fumble it. Yeah, you got that. So you've got to do the right mm -hmm. thing, and even if that means taking an L sometimes, and just uh, saying, "Hey, you know, client, you're right," even when you yeah. know they're wrong. Yeah. But just to to for save face and do it for the legacy, it comes back around. Like pe people will tell the story that you do when you. I always tell people, you know, when you do just do good. Some people might tell. Some people might tell the tell the um tell their neighbors, tell their friends. When you do what you're supposed to, the word might get out. When you mess up, oh, they're going to tell everybody. But when they think you messed up or you did mess up and you go back and make it right, they're also going to tell even more people. Yeah. So it's going back, it comes back around. Doing the right thing, it comes back around. Yeah. It's, you know, I mean, I look, you know, you could do a hundred good jobs and one bad one will ruin your career. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's, you know, with that mentality, it's like, we, there's no room for error here. So whatever it costs, whatever it is, we got to get it done. And, and, um, a very good buddy of mine, we, we share a shop together. He's a concrete guy. And, and so we're always talking shop and, and he's been, he's been a mentor to me. And, and, uh, you know, we, we both came from this, from similar situations. His dad owned a shop up in Seattle, uh, actually Tacoma and, 
And so we are, we're always talking shop and, you know, there's times where he'll call me and be like, Hey, I bid that you're doing the turf on this job. I under, let's just get it done and we'll get in there together. And he's done it for me multiple times where we just, there's no more room for this, but I have to get it done. What's it going to be? And we just, you know, we work together. And, and so to have those connections and, and, you know, to build those relationships with people that when you're in that pinch to have somebody come and, and help out, you know, that's, that's another part of, you know, what, what we do and, and, and why I can be successful is because I have other successful people around me. Yeah. You um, it, man. And, and so, you know, when I, I grab, I gravitate towards people like that, you know, um, and I've always been, I always grew up looking at older people and just trying to pick knowledge, just listen. Um, sometimes just shutting your mouth and listening can, can go a long, long way. <laughs> hey, 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 I had to learn that too. In my <laughs> Dude, shut up. Let him talk. <laughs> yeah. Hear him out, you know, and just, yeah, I, I'm guilty of it too. There's times where I'll just be talking. I'm like, "Would you shut up? What are you doing?" Just. <laughs> but so. um, you know, you said a lot there, man. I, it's just you. You've done the right thing, building those right relationships. I call them collaborative relationships, but they've got to be genuine too. Like, I work with a lot of CPAs, a lot of estate planning attorneys, but these are guys who I have over for my house when I barbecue. Yeah, having to be in the same, and they know I do the right thing, and because I do the right thing, it's they they trust me with their clients, just like yep. you mentioned with your buddy. Like he knows you do the right work, he knows he might have to take a haircut on the job, but it's for you. He knows you do the same for him. It allows you guys to both grow together. Yep, and you know, and we re- refer each other, and and it's just that little network that you know where where we're at. We're not the biggest companies around, but but when we show up our clients know we're going to land it and, and, and they're safe with us. You know, once we agree to something, it's let's get it done. And Even it, if, it, it's important to have people like that in your network. Like, yeah, I got to have a CPA I can trust. I got to have a yeah. state plan attorney. I know that they're going to do right by my client because if I lose my client, <laughs> it's just a yeah. wrap. So yeah. I, 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 I like knowing I have people like that in my circle and, Building those partnerships are important, man. It's one of the most valuable things we can do as business owners. So we got to get into you a little bit, Ryan. We got to talk about me, man, man, Ryan. It's been a while (laughs) since we got up. So I'm excited to hear about this just like you guys are. So Ryan, uh, young, fresh, and single, what's money like for you today living in the Bay Area, owning a business? What's your money habits like now? Uh. They could be better. We'll start with that. But, uh, you know, like I said, every day is an adventure and we're, we're, we're slowly figuring it out. Um, I got a love for cars, obviously through my dad and grandfather. So that's, you know, I've got a couple of old schools. I got a 62 convertible Impala. Um, I built a 69 F 100. Um, and all these trucks, I look at those as savings accounts. You know, I, I don't overpay for any of them. So uh, one, actually, I got through a buddy of mine. I built his house and I told him I need that car through the build. So that's a little savings. You know, these these cars over time, they they appreciate three to five percent a year. And so for me, they're fun. And they're, you know, there's, you know, got a couple hundred grand sitting there just in cars that, you know, at any time, if I need to, I can dump one. Um, and so cars are Cars are uh, one of my, you know, a big love of mine. And 
you know, we're just living in the Bay Area. It's tough, man. It's tough to wiggle here. I see yeah. friends and I see friends and all my family's moved, but minus my brother, he's taking over dad's company. Um, but all my family's moved away to the greater Sacramento area. Um, friends are constantly moving out of here, talking, moving to Arizona, Texas, Tennessee. Um, you know, so it's, I take it as a, you know, living here, it's, it's tough. It's tough to wiggle here. Um, you know, making a couple hundred grand a year here, you're poor. You're still, yeah. you're still the lower, you know? <laughs> um, and I tell people, like, people are like, when are you going to buy a house here? When are you going to buy a house here? And I'm like, not yet. I don't, I don't want to be mortgage poor. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to have that stress of an eight, $9,000 a month mortgage. Cause I know what I'm going to move. I'm not moving into a, a hole in the wall. I mean, I would, but I'd have to remodel it and, and, and right up my alley. Right. But, I don't want to go into something and be eight, $9,000 a month for a house at this point in my life. So I want to stack some more money, get some more things in line and I'll, I'll end up pulling the trigger, but you know, I've, I've got some acres up in grass Valley and, and um, looking at buying out of state, you know, some rental properties, uh, there's some investments and, you know, so I'm kind of, you know, again, it's, it's a little backwards in some people's eyes, um, but you know, it's everybody's story is different. And it, it comes down to that balancing act, man. You know, a lot of people feel in California in general, like we don't want to get out of here, but we're not going to make the kind of income we make here in no offense to Texas or Texas or no. North Carolina. We're not going to make this kind of same income. So what, what do you kind of weigh out the pros and cons of staying in the Bay area or moving over to Sacramento, like, what's the thought process like for you? Um, so it's exactly that. You know, I've got people that are like, "You come out here, you'll make you'll make a killing building houses out here." I know so many people that I could get slide you right in, and I'm like, "Yeah, but a, a truck payment's a truck payment. I don't care what state you're in, you know." And and when you got four of them, you know, how am I going to do that out? It's just not going. It doesn't equate in my mind. And and honestly, I, I take it as a challenge to to live and operate in the Bay area. You know, it's, it's something that as people move away, it's just, a, it's a cop out in my eyes of, you know, you just, you know, it's not, it's not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I just use that for my push to go, you know what, be one of the last ones here. Well, they say, if I can make it here, I can make it anywhere. That's it. Right. Like, but I love the Bay area as, as much as, you know, um, as much as I would love to, to go to a slower paced life and all of that, maybe in the, in the future. But right now it's, we're in our prime and we got to, it's time to, you know, it's time to grind and, and, you know, it's, that's where we're at. We're, we're here, we're, we're doing it. We're wiggling and couldn't be, you know, couldn't be happy. You toughen it out. Talk to your boy, man. Like I got married, had kids, settled down. You and one of our other friends took the alternative route, staying single. What's it no, like? Well, no, I I got married. I I oh, got I married. Didn't know. I, yeah, yeah. I got I got married. Uh, was it 2017? And uh, unfortunately, you know, it wasn't what we wanted. But we we ended up uh, going our separate ways, and that was last. What did we finalize that last year? So, um, you know, that was you know we tried to do it right, no kids, but. You know, at the end of the day, if you're not happy, there's no reason to work too young and good looking to be uh, sitting here in a miserable relationship.
relationship on both parts, you know? So uh, it's something that, you know, do I look at it often? Yes, I do. But it is, you know, it is what it is. It's, we got to, we can't look at it uh, any other way than pushing forward. So. Um, I'm glad you shared that. Cause I didn't, you know, I didn't know, you know, I, yeah. you know, I lost contact for a while. So talk to me, what was that like um, being a business owner? Starting the you you're doing it, you're doing your thing, type A personality. I don't know who you married. What was it like when you guys got married, merging one finance, you're used to doing it on your own for so long. Now you got another person on the boat with you. I'm not sure if she was working or not. What was that like? No, so she wasn't. And I didn't I've never been and I didn't care about that. I've never I never brought money into the uh to the situation. Um I've always been the type to just go make more money and and um we moved away. We moved out to Brentwood and uh, or Oakley and me traveling back and forth, getting up early, late, took a big toll on us. Um, Cause when I got home, I wanted to go to bed <laughs> and relax. And, you know, it, uh, I had a dog at the time that we unfortunately had to put down and just, you know, the perfect storm came and uh, we tried to move back and figure things out down to the Bay area and it just it just didn't work out so it was you know it was time to move on and 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 just get back out there so you know that was at the beginning of covid and that was tough you know with with everything going on and can't go out and meet other people and and so you know it's just you know i lived in uh i lived in a an rv for about a year at my shop and just put my head down and went to work you know what i'm saying and and it's uh it's just, you know, you got to be willing to make those sacrifices. It doesn't matter, you know, you just roll with the punches. And, I, and I'm just one to not let things like that get me down. You know what I mean? And, and so it's just right back to that, that grind mentality that, you know, it's just get dirty. Don't. And then again, like, you know, I didn't, no one knew about a lot of this. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm a very private person and I don't like to throw my dirt out there because I don't want anybody else outsiders opinions or you know, to convolute what's already going on. I'm, let me figure this out on my own to make my own educated guess. And if, if that's where my heart's at, then it's time, you know, we're going to do it. So, um, so that's, you know, that's that as far as the, the relationship portion of it. Um, but other than that, I mean, we're here, we're doing it. <laughs> hey, no, we, I, I didn't expect that, man. I'm glad you opened up and shared that with yeah. us, man. Hey, I appreciate your honesty because that's tough, man. I'm sure there's listeners out there who might be going through a very similar thing. And it sounds like you were both mature about it. You know, it didn't sound like you guys are petty and at each other's throats anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had our moments, of course. Right. But, you know, again, I, I'm not the type of person to, to verbally attack anybody. And, and it's just, look, it's not working out. We're not happy. Let's, let's, let's move on, you know? And, and, uh, let her stay where I remodeled a place at a, at a buddy's house in the back and let her stay there. Um, and just didn't care. You know what I mean? I'll pay for, you know, whatever the deal that I had with my buddy and, and, you know, I'm not going to throw anybody out on the street. I'm, I'm at the end of the day, I'm going to try to leave you better than I found you kind of a mentality. You know what I'm saying? And, and so I've just always been, always been that guy, you know, I've always, taking care of my friends and if i want to go somewhere we're going i don't care if you don't have any money or if i'm going we, we go together and no one needs to know 
know that. You know what I mean? Uh, it's just, just some. This is how I was raised. You know, it was yeah. just take care of your people. That goes a long way, man. And I'm, you've been rewarded for it, man. I'm sure God's got someone out there for you. I'm glad you shared that, man. I'm sure you helped out our listeners, man. I appreciate your honesty and being open with us here on the Millennials of Money podcast, brother. It's, it's happening. I'm not, I'm not happy I was a statistic of COVID, but, you know. <laughs> but I, I, try to find, I try to find the bright side and everything, and I tell people, well, I checked that off the bucket list, right? That's the divorce. <laughs> you're, you're in the record books now, though, man. <laughs> so let's, um, let's talk about, so I, I know you do some fishing. I, I, let's talk about what's, like, what's life like, enjoying life but still being financially wise. And I know you, it's tough, you know, when you're an athlete, but you get to an age where now you got to play to compete. You got to literally pay instead of getting paid to play sports, yeah. you pay to play sports. Yeah. You, 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 you pay to play. Let's talk um, about that, man. What's that like? So I, you know, I, I, I look at, you know, and, and this is where it comes back to my dad and, and, and I, and I value his opinion, but I also look at, what he's done in his life and what he, I know he's got some regrets of what, you know, um, after filing bankruptcy, after his first divorce, I know he had the mentality of I'll never, I'll never be poor again. So he saved all his money and, and he's, and he's done it, but post-cancer, his body's beat to hell. Um, 65 years old. It's harder for him to get out and do things now. And, and I see that and I don't want to be that way. I'd rather be 60 saying, Oh, I had the Harleys. I had the boat. Yeah. I had the cars, you know, and then be able to sit back and go, yeah, I don't need that right now. But, um, so for me, I've, I have the Harleys. I've got the dirt bikes. I've got the cars. I got the boat. I had two boats, just sold one. Um, you know, it's, it's something that I use. And those are the things that make me tick again. I, I bring it back to what makes you tick. And if those are the things, well, you just got to figure out how to make it work. You know, um, some people's, some people are wine connoisseurs, some people are whiskey, you know, I'm not, I'm not that the, you could give me a $400 bottle of tequila or a $10 bottle of tequila. I couldn't tell you the difference, <laughs> you know, and they're supposed to get me hung over the same. So. <laughs> so, you know, I just, for me, it's, it's those things, you know, it's those those cars and anything with I tell people anything with a motor just makes me tick and I and so I have those things and and um so that's my life right now you know it's just and now being single it's I'm enjoying the hell out of them um yeah you're saying a lot there man because it's 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 a blessing to find out what is you really value what is that you said in your words makes you tick because so many people are chasing things like chasing the dollar sign and they don't know what they what really is bringing them satisfaction. So they're spending their money aimlessly and they're spending not aligned with their values because they never sat down and realized what is they really value. So that's cool that you yeah. had a chance to really figure out, you know, this is what I like. Anything with a motive, this is what makes me tick. You give me a fine bottle of wine, I care less. <laughs> but you yeah. that I'm passionate about, I'm happy. And that's what this is, that's what life's about, man. Is what it what is it? Finding what it is that makes you happy. Yeah. And, and business too, you know, it's, it's not only about your, your personal, you know, your free life and what uh, outside of work, 
Um, unless you're a trust fund baby, we gotta, we gotta go get our own money. And, and I enjoy what I do. Um, and I enjoy the relationship with relationships with clients and my men and, um, and designing and building and, and taking somebody's picture and turning it into a reality for them and seeing the joy that it brings to them. You know, it's, it's, so for me, I, I thoroughly, I, I hear people all the time. I hate my job. I hate Monday. I, I love Mondays because Fridays, I don't, I, I don't like Fridays. I, it's, I didn't get enough done on Friday and I just lost another week. So for me, a Monday is how much can we get done? You know? Um, and so that mentality for me has, has, you know, it's, I love Mondays. If I'm hung over on a Sunday, I'm pissed. Like I, you know what I'm saying? Like I got, I got to hurry up Monday. Let's go. It's time to go to go grind. And, and, uh, and so it's again, find your passion in what you do as well for, for a living. That's it's, it's a real <clears throat> blessing to be able to love what we do. Like I love working with clients. I love helping people reach their goals. Like he said, people have this vision of it's perfect kitchen or perfect bedroom, perfect house. And you get to make it a reality. That's kind of the same thing I get to do. My clients share with me what they want to accomplish. That might just seem like an idea to them. But when you put a plan together and you see those clients reach those goals, it feels, man, it's so rewarding. Like we love what we do. And that's such a blessing, man. That's really a true blessing. It and it it is. It's it's and I I love listening to other people's stories and and the competitive nature of um when people actually are competitive at what they do and take a you know, they get a not offended, but they, they, they get pissed when they don't reach what they wanted to reach. You know, yeah. I, I, I love, no, I can't go out tonight. Cause I didn't get this done. I got to, okay. I see, you know, like, all right, you know, <laughs> um, and I'm sure you're the same way. If you don't get the, the return on your investment that you were hoping for a, a client personally, personally, you know, it's hard, it's hard to be happy when you, even when you don't get a client that, you know, you should get, you know, you're the best for them. Yeah. But it's not it's not the fact that you're not the best for them. It's the in my case the part the fact that I didn't articulate my value accurately. Yeah. And that doesn't feel good. It yeah. it, it makes you yeah. want to get there and get out there and get better because it's that competitive nature, I think. Yeah. To want to be the best at something that we love. Yep. Blessing, man. So we'll, we'll reach the end of this podcast, man. Um I always end these podcasts the same and you live a life that what looks like, at least for me and to our listeners, I'm sure a financially successful life, but I realize the words financial success mean different things to different people. What do the words financial success mean to you, Mr. Contos? Um, so financial success to me is, you know, at some point, I I don't think I'll ever not worry about money unless I fall into millions. Um, but for me, it's being able to do what you want to do. And when I eventually do have kids and, and a family, be able to go to their sporting events, be able to, you know, and I, and I kind of designed my company around that. Now at any point I can go take a week off, you know, um, and, or right now I can just set my time. And, and I, I, I like that's more financial um, freedom for me is, being able to do that, you know, at the same time right now, I still worry about the money, but in, in the years to come, be able to have, you know, different streams of income as well. You know, the, I call it mailbox money. You just go to your mailbox, get your money. Right. And, you know, and, and so 
that's that to me is the free time being able to do what I want to do and not worry about the money is, you know, not necessarily an amount of money, but just not have to worry about the money. Yeah. To know it's, <laughs> to know it's taken care of. Yeah. I mean, that's financially successful. I like that. And thank you for sharing, you know, you remind me of a question I wanted to ask earlier. So that's not the last question we talked about. Um, you talked about putting the hammer down, no longer swinging the hammer and how that's tough to go back and be, you know, now I've got to be that business owner hat. What was that transition like and how did it make you feel to kind of step out that role of being the owner slash worker to, you know what, for the better of the company, I'm going to have to just put down the hammer and put on the owner hat. How was it working through those emotions, man? And how'd you come to that decision? So the decision came kind of naturally. Um, I'm not afraid to go work. You know what I mean? Like I love putting my bags on, but, it's it was tough because I I always looked at you know people because of the early on and what I dealt with in the turf industry of of older people looking at me um, I always looked at it and I still do but I, people look at you differently they they look at you like oh he doesn't work anymore oh he's just out screwing off he's he's just driving around all day I get it all the time when I pull up to to people's gas station my buddy's gas station whatever oh are you working today and it's like I did more by six o'clock than you did all day. All right. So, you know, it's just, you know, in those comments come and you just go, okay, so it is what it is, but you know, at any point, I'm not afraid to go throw my belt on, you know? Um, but that, you know, that, it kind of came, that came naturally. Um, I, I actually enjoyed working more than I do the business side of paperwork. Right. <laughs> but the bid, the bids and all that, 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 that's fine. But, I don't know. I, I miss it. You know, I got 10 acres up in grass Valley now. So I love getting up there and just disappearing, throwing the phone in the truck and going, we're going to work. You know, you don't, don't got to deal with nobody and, uh, and just get, get to do your thing. But you know, it doesn't make sense for me to throw my bags on for two hours and then pull off and go bid a job. It's just, unless I'm working eight hours a day with them on, I'm not doing it. So, um, that's, that's kind of where that's at. <laughs> I'm glad you shared that, man. I'm glad you you realized that as a business owner, it's sometimes you know you're not best in where you, where you think you're not best for the business in a in a, in the, in the field. It's better for you to be kind of over making sure everyone else is making money, making sure everyone else is where they need to be for the that, company, that, company to thrive. That that's it. It's it's put the right per. You know, it's delegating. I I tell people I'm a glorified babysitter and a firefighter. I. I babysit and I put out fires, you know, and (laughs) so it's, you're, sometimes you're, you're not the best fit in that situation, right? You're better off helping the people and training them and getting, building them up. So if I didn't build my people up and train them properly, I have to sit there and swing a hammer the rest of my life. That's, I can't do that physically. So training them and, and using them, you know, and, and paying them right and, and keeping the, keeping them around, you know, that's sometimes you're better off served that way. I know some people that don't, they think their job is, if they train somebody properly, their job's, you know, in contention for it. If you're valuable enough, no one will ever get rid of you. So you'll go up. So bring people with you and you'll be better off. You know it's what I mean? That, it's that surplus mindset as opposed to that scarcity mindset, man. Yeah. 
I want to touch on delegation. Like delegation is huge. It's hmm. literally, I have a job because people delegate. Like I have my, I have clients who are attorneys, CPAs, um, business owners. These guys are probably smarter than me, yeah. <laughs> but they don't have time to manage their finances. Yeah. So they use me and I stay in my lane and, and I'm, and I'm not remodeling my house. Yeah. <laughs> I, I might have the strength to do it, but it might take me 68 hours to do what would take you four hours. So yeah, it's just, it's that it's, it's, it's push it. What and and hone in on your craft, right? It's, yeah. Hone in, hone in, hey, master your craft. My boy always says that he's done that. I gotta give a shout out to my boy. Who's a contract. I gotta apologize. Because <laughs> since he became a business owner, I always talk about, hey, you're scared to get in the field. You're scared to get down. So, <laughs> uh, now that I, that might be hurting his feelings. So I'm, 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 my bad. <laughs> oh, man. No, you know, it's 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 what we got to do. It's, uh, you know how it is. It's just, he, he, says, he says he still gets out there sometimes. The guys say, hey, man, you can't work anymore. And he'll still do them under, show them how it's done. You ever, you yeah. ever show them up? Oh yeah, you have to. You know, <laughs> you, you have to. It's uh, you know, now I enjoy, like I said, I, I enjoy motors, right? And so my tractors, you know, my my buddy the uh, Sione, who's a concrete guy, he uh, he says I'm the best on an escape. I mean, I can fill pipes, and and as I'm digging with a ten thousand pound machine, and and he's like, I don't know how you do it. I want to rip right through that gas line, you know. And I'm like, no, you can't. You feel, you know, and. Uh, so it's just those things where I'm so competitive that I want to be the best at what I do. I was gonna say, man, it's nice to be the best. And 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 I'm not the best, you know. I know there's someone, there's always someone bigger and better than you, but I, you ain't gonna, I'm never gonna admit that. Yeah, you, you ain't met him yet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, hey, let's wrap yeah. it up, man. Hey, thank you yeah. so much for being a guest, guys. Audience, I hope you enjoyed the show. If you're in the Bay Area, in the Peninsula, you need some work done, Ryan, give me your contact. Uh, give me the name of your business website. Yeah, it's uh, it's Contos Builders. Um, you can find me on Instagram. Um, we'll get it on the link or something, I'm sure. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes for sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and uh, I know you probably forgot about this, but my man, Pleasure P. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, 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 had to do I, it. you thought I was gonna let that one go, huh? I uh, thought we made it to the yeah. end. <laughs> oh man, man, good times, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I've been waiting for that one. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta uh, lock and load it, man. I thought we made it to the end. Yeah, that's it. Uh, All right, not- I you guys have a blessed one, man. Anything you want to say before we sign off, Ryan? No, I just want to thank you for having me on, man. This is a, it was a pleasure. It's a pleasure and, having uh, you. God bless, and, guys. And uh, we'll do it again. We'll run it back one day. We'll do a follow-up one day. After you-, you know we will. You know we That's will. It. Bigger and better. That's it. Payne Boy is a financial professional with Homes Financial Oven Securities offered through Bertha Fisher & Company Financial Services, Inc. BFCFS member FINRA. FIPC Homes Financial is independent of BFCFS.